Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Tuesday. Happy and blessed Advent, in fact. It's crazy that we're already in the Advent season, making our way towards Christmas, blessed feast of St. Sabbath. And welcome back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast, episode 473, in fact, where tonight we're going to talk a little bit about... Godzilla minus one. Don't worry, I'm not going to go into any major spoilers. Though I always just find it interesting when people bring up, like, saying I don't want to know any spoilers for a movie when it's the kind of movie where there really isn't that much to spoil. Especially when you talk about a franchise as long and as rich as Godzilla. I mean, there's only so many things that they can change. There's only so many things that they can really make as far as decisions are concerned, and. Um, and I think that that is just, again, one of those interesting things that just seems to come up whenever these discussions happen. And so even if I did, quote, spoil anything, there wouldn't be anything that would take away your enjoyment of the film. And I really don't think it's the kind of movie where there's really any major plot point necessarily that would make you think, oh, man, I wish I hadn't known that going into it because you're going into it expecting a, a Godzilla film, right? Uh, so I'll, I'll try and stay away from just any... I guess, more specific plot points, like, oh, what does this character go through and what happens to this specific character? Obviously, I'm not going to go into that. But at the end of the day, it is still a, a Godzilla movie, and so there's only so much that you can even really spoil and it really count as 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 a uh, spoil. So <laughs> so don't worry. If you're worried about spoilers, uh, I'm not going to be you know spoiling anything. And as I said, there really isn't a whole lot to spoil as far as it is concerned, especially if you've ever seen any other Godzilla movie I think that you pretty much know most of what is established about said character. So, again, that's why it's just, it's a weird thing, I feel. Uh, but anyway, before we get further, blah, 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 I keep on doing that. Even all my videos, I keep slipping up on that every single time. Before going any further, please make sure to smash the like button, light up that fire button on Odyssey, and smash the rumble button as well. And also, please share out this stream, as that helps out with the algorithms. And thank you all again for joining me. We're, again, talking about Godzilla Minus One and also the Marvels. Yes, indeed, the Marvels officially. Disney apparently, as according to some reports, at least one report from Variety, uh, the headline is the Marvels ends box office run as lowest MCU performance. And essentially what they've said is that they're no longer going to be making any major reports as far as the box office returns are concerned. Couldn't happen to a nicer film, couldn't happen to a nicer company, and for those wondering just off the bat, it, it didn't even hit $200 million when they made that announcement. Now, it is still in theaters, which is, again, I find it interesting. I guess it's that they themselves are not going to be reporting. Typically, studios do report certain numbers. There's also other estimates that people are able to gather from different locations, from different uh, services that kind of collect that information and that data. So we'll still be able to have an idea of how little it ends up making. Uh, but the fact remains that the movie is just barely even over a film like Blue Beetle. Because I think, what did, didn't Blue Beetle make 130 worldwide? So it, it did better than that one, at least. But, I mean, comparatively, not, not by all that much. The most important fact about all of it, though, is that it is the worst MCU box office in the history of the MCU by quite a bit. Uh, John F. Trent, shout out to him. I know that he now has moved away from Bounding Into Comics. He's now a part of ThatParkPlace.com, which is run by WW Pro, and he's been doing a lot of really great work over there. And I know that he 
has already covered this. Shout out to him because he actually featured one of my videos when talking about it, that the movie loses to the last worst box office in the MCU, which was the uh, the Incredible Hulk movie that came out, right? The Edward Norton Hulk film, which was pretty solid, especially for a film back in the day with the budget that they had and the vision, really, really lack thereof vision um, that existed at that specific time as they were just getting kind of the ball rolling with that franchise as far as the MCU is concerned. And so, yeah, MCU, the Marvels specifically, loses to that movie before you even adjust for inflation. So you don't even have to go down that route to say that the MCU film that has the lowest box office ever is the Marvels. So much for Captain Marvel being a massive hit and success by its own right and by its own merits. Kind of does away with that argument and proves the point that, yeah, it was because of Endgame. And there was no other reason as to why the film did as well as it did. Okay, going back into the chat, we got the man with the orange hat. What's going on, brother? Thank you for modding again tonight. We got Keely Chow hanging out. What's up? Uh, Keely Chow asks, uh, how are you, Baby Thor, Freya, and Baby Sif doing? Uh, Baby Sif is doing well. She's on a new sleep schedule, which is definitely a lot better um, for for all of us involved. Uh, you know, she's starting to sleep through the night, kind of. She has been struggling the last couple of nights. I think it might be the swaddle, but you never know with these kinds of things. Um but I do think that ultimately we are probably going to be able to to start to see her being more consistent with that. So I'm very looking forward to that because obviously, happy wife, happy life, um, as she's bearing the brunt of waking up uh, as I cannot provide the food that, that baby Sif needs. But also because of the fact that it means that nights are opening up. So we've been able to spend some time together. And also, I got a chance to go see Godzilla Minus One for a uh, fan event in IMAX. And it was awesome. I had a lot of fun. I actually had tickets to go see the new uh, Miyazaki film, and unfortunately, I was not able to go. If you were able to see the new Miyazaki film last or yeah, last night, they had a showing in IMAX, another fan screening. Uh, let me know if you thought it was any good. Uh, I think it's called The Boy and the Heron, um, or The Boy and the Heron, potentially. I, I, pronunciation is escaping me right now, but it's the fact that Miyazaki is, is now back out of retirement to make this movie. I'm very excited to go and see it. Um, and sad that I was not able to see it. But the fact that I'm actually even capable of thinking of going to see films again is a lot of fun. Let's see. We got Lance Mola, who's a member on the channel. What's going on, Lance Mola? He says, a wrestling run-in, of course, as always. How are you, Odin? You catch any wrestling lately? Thoughts on the latest? Looking forward to anything in particular from AEW and WWE? Um, I, I've fallen behind on AEW stuff. I feel like they kind of hit this creative wall where a lot of the characters weren't really going anywhere. Adam Copeland is like the only guy I have any interest in because, again, I think Edge is great. I think, um, also, let's be honest, I think that it's not even just the fact that he's really good in the ring and he's got a great personality, just great on the mic. Um, it's his theme song. I mean, when the, when the Alter Bridge theme song comes in with the You Think You Know Me and then the amazing drums, like that gets anybody hyped, right? That, that's a song that I think most people would probably have on their workout list. Not that I work out, but if I did, uh, that would definitely be one of the songs on on my list of songs to listen to. I've been watching a little bit more WWE, um, but even that one, I'm not keeping up fully. Um, obviously, I've been following the CM Punk news. I, I'm kind of in that state of shock still. I just can't believe that CM Punk actually came back to the WWE after all that bad blood. I mean, when the price is right, you know, and even he himself, when he was off the mic looking at the camera, said, I'm here to make money. It's like, yeah, that's, that's always been kind of clear as, as far as a motivation for him. 
Um, but I, I keep going back to he he just unfortunately just does not have it in the ring anymore. His AEW uh, run, as great as he is on the mic, right? As great as he is at, at trash talking and promoing, he just doesn't have the same capabilities that he once had in the ring. And it's not like he's been. It's not like he can replace it with a different style of wrestling and still be able to perform at the same level with the same type. I mean, every time he wrestled in AEW, I thought, oh my gosh, he's going to get injured. And it didn't seem to be because of anything else other than just he didn't have the capabilities anymore. But anyway, that's my that's my wrestling segment of the day, thanks to Lance Mala. Print screen in the chat. What is going on? Master of Gaming hanging out. Scott McKenzie, what is up? Hail to you. By the way, Bruce, I, I, don't, I don't have the live chat up here, but shout out to Bruce. I, I finally went to the P.O. box today. And I want to thank Bruce for the $100 super chat via the real money. So thank you very much for that very generous donation. And thank you also. He sent me the Black Widow comic that um, the creators um, behind the, the, like, I think it's what the visual artist, not the visual artist, like the, I don't know the names for comics because I'm not much of a comic person, but it was the uh, Black Widow comic that people who are associated with the Ripperverse um, worked on. So I'm actually really excited to, to look into, into that as I'm not much into comics and I do appreciate good artwork at the very least though. So I'm looking forward to checking it out. But shout out to Bruce and appreciate you as always for being so supportive. We got Kimberly G. Killian. Shout out Kat. What's up Kimberly G. Uh, she is also a member saying, Howdy early chat. Sadly, I won't get to see Godzilla minus one until rent. So why not? Kimberly G. Please tell. Please do tell. I, I've been trying to scream it from the from the rooftops that I think it's a movie you should go see in theaters. If you've got your hesitations because of um, whether it be ticket pricing or things like that, I think it's worth going to see. It's one of those few times in a year that I think it is it is worth going to see. And uh, the other thing I think that's really great about it is, especially because I'm in the process and I've mentioned this in other uh, in, in previous videos doing the box office talking about Godzilla minus one that I finally was able to sit down and I'm not finished with it yet, but I think I got maybe 20 minutes left in Shin Godzilla from 2016. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I haven't finished the movie yet, but I can say pretty confidently that I'm mixed about the movie. And it's specifically because of the way it's shot as someone who obviously prefers subtitles very much on team sub all about the subtitles. Uh, you know, obviously love the original language. They are like the, 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 and again, I, I appreciate it from a filmmaking standpoint. There's these quick cuts, quick editing, very fast paced script, but it's not good when you're having to read the subtitles and they're moving that fast. Godzilla minus one does not have that. Godzilla minus one, of course, there's the subtitles with it, but it is not, I will say, if, if Shin Godzilla is at a 10 for speed, Shin, I mean, uh, Godzilla minus one's at a three. So it's it's so much more manageable. It's a lot easier to follow along with. But even I, who am used to watching movies, right, in their original language, big fan of a lot of Japanese cinema, um, and watching a lot of those in in the original language with the subtitles, even I was like, I, I'm having issues keeping up with with what's being said right now. Um, but again, that that's Shin Godzilla, and I have not finished that film yet. Um, but Godzilla minus one, it is one of the best films of the year. Right right now, I can say. And I didn't think I'd be saying that about a Godzilla film in the modern era because you all know my thoughts on the MonsterVerse. And I'm sure just even mentioning that's going to trigger people. I don't know how, but I made a social media post on, on Twitter, on X, last week. And it's still getting responses. 
And I, I've never had a post go viral before. And for me, this is about as viral as I've ever gotten because I got so many people responding with the same thing over and over again. Basically, I said as a clearly use of hyperbole, don't, don't, you know, stop spending your money on the MonsterVerse crap and go see this movie instead because we should get more movies like this. I think people even who are fans of the MonsterVerse would say, yeah, I think that, you know, if I had to choose between both, I would say, yeah, I'd much rather have movies like this that cost a lot less but also give you a lot more. You know, a lot more bang for your buck, I think. Um, especially in the story department, uh, amongst other things. But, I'm sure me, just me mentioning that will will cause some some triggering. But that post has like 250,000. Yeah, most of my posts, maybe I'll get to 1,000 impressions. 250,000 impressions, which is just insane. And I think it speaks to, I, I guess the MonsterVerse fan base is about as passionate. And I would say, again, there's different divisions Kind of like the Snyderverse fans, right? Like the, like the Snyder cult, as I like to call them. Right? There's some that are literally in a cult, and it's creepy, and it's, it's crazy. And then there's others that are just really, really big fans and are passionate about it, but, you know, can go back and forth with you. But, you know, I think that, you know, luckily, I know that as far as the people that I actually go back and forth with, there are a lot of people that are, I think, in a... Uh, a much more reasonable position in mind. Sorry, I got distracted because low watermark just came in and dropped 10 gifted memberships at the Army of Asgard level. Low watermark. Holy crap, dude. So for those new members at the... Uh... Oh, wait, wait a minute. Sorry. Wait, what? I'm very confused now. Army of Asgard level. Okay. I thought I saw Keep It The Bifrost for a second. So Army of Asgard level. So congratulations... And thank you to Low Watermark first for the 10 gifted memberships. And shout out to Tina Guzman, uh, The Master, Keely Chow, Shorty Short, Laura, The Modern Major General, Great Wuda, Mike, Shauna, uh, Marsh Boehm, Randall B. And Think Noodles for becoming members and enjoy those gifted memberships. Go check out the YouTube channel. Check out the membership page. Um, I don't, unfortunately, I have fallen behind. And again, I do apologize. Mea culpa, completely my fault for not having a new episode um, for the last couple of months. Obviously, hands have been tied, but that's still no excuse for not trying to get something up there, um, trying to get the bonus uh, podcast episode exclusive to members. But check out that if you want to get access to old episodes of the podcast. I've got plenty of episodes with me and the John the Flick Big Flickinger. I got episodes with Michelle from Force Light Entertainment, and uh, I have an episode with Carrie, uh, Carrie Smith of... Um, of the program, Carrie Smith. There's so many great uh, episodes on there, so please check that out and check out all the other posts that are that are on there. And uh, low watermark, dude. Thank you for those gifted memberships. I'm not used to gifted memberships, so uh, <laughs> thank you, man. You're awesome. All right. Anyway, I, I totally forgot where I was with it, but essentially, yeah, it's been a crazy week and a lot of social media interactions over the Godzilla film. But going back to Kimberly G's point, it's worth seeing in movies. It's worth seeing in theaters. And I think it's the kind of movie that we should see in theaters because that's the way we tell uh, Toho especially, hey, these are the kinds of movies that we would really like to get. Uh, Orange Hat, again, thank you for modding. And as he says, if you want a comment or question that you want me to read out loud, make sure you put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, at Odin. Let me know you're trying to get my attention. Unless you're on Odyssey, in which case just put Odin if you're on Odyssey uh, because for some reason the at does not work on that platform with the chat that I use. Anyway, thank you all again for being here. Scott McKenzie, what's up? Uh, how's it going, brother? 
been fun going back and forth with you. I still haven't read the most recent messages uh, from you, I think. Can't remember. My brain's all over the place. And it says, I'm glad there is a decent movie to see in the theater. Yes, me too. It's not a very common thing these days. Right? Most of the films that have been coming out have either just been trash or have been decent and not really, you know, much worth talking about, right? Basically, like, hey, yeah, maybe it'll be worth seeing when it comes out on a streaming service or something, but that's about it. Scott McKenzie says, anyone watching Monarch and Thoughts? I've not, um, and I think it's because I know the Salty Nerds are watching it. Shout out to them. And I know that when they had the first two episodes released, they reviewed it, and they were kind of mixed on it. And so for me, it's like, if they, which I feel like there's members of the Salty Nerd crew that would, you know, be much more open to the to that world, to that universe, you know, when, when they're even a little bit more mixed about it, then it's like, well... You know, I know that it's rooted in the MonsterVerse. It's a lot more d- deeply rooted and connected to the MonsterVerse uh, films. As you all know, I just I don't like the MonsterVerse. I don't think it's very good. I don't think it's well-written at all. I know that a lot of people like seeing giant CGI monsters fight, and if that's your thing, hey, more power to you. Um, I don't like CGI fest stuff. I, I really don't, especially if you don't have a story to back it up. Anyway, uh, Orange Chat, yes, indeed. Please don't have any spoilers for Godzilla Minus One, but... Again, as I said, there really isn't a whole lot that you can spoil with it. I'm gonna, I'm just going to be honest with that. I know that some people might not believe me with that, but it's the kind of movie where if I had seen a trailer that gave everything away, I still would have been able to see the film and enjoy myself, and I wouldn't even have noticed any major points. As I said, it's, it's hard for me even to think about something that would be considered a spoiler. All right, Cthulhu, what's going on, brother? It says, good evening to Odin in chat. Happy Tuesday. Happy and blessed Tuesday to you. We got Mike Jackson in the chat. What is going on? JKDBuck76, what's up, brother? Uh, says, um, in this home, we say Goshzilla or Gollyzilla. How about if I just say Gojira? How about if I just say Gojira? Which is funny because in Shin Godzilla, with the subtitles, like they in that specific film, they're trying to come up with uh, like the name. Right? They keep calling it a monster and other things. And then it's 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 funny because they keep having this back and forth about like American <laughs> geopolitical stuff. And I think it's kind of funny. Like as someone that's not a big fan of the you know U.S. government in general, like the fact that you have the the Japanese characters in in the movie just kind of like tearing America a new one, saying, "Oh yeah, of course America's going to do this." I, I thought it was fun, but America is the one that comes up with the name in in the Shin Godzilla film, and uh, but but every time that they're saying it in their own language, it's just like wait. Are you trying to say that the way that it's spelled to us, like when it's transliterated into English, Gojira, that you actually just pronounce that as Godzilla in Japanese? Because that's what I kept hearing. I kept hearing, like on the screen, maybe it was an issue with the subtitles, but the screen kept having Gojira, but then all I kept hearing was Godzilla. I don't know. I think that was, uh, was fun. All right, we got Tyler Shelton. What is going on? Yes, indeed. Enjoy that pizza. Welcome. Forever Sci-Fi is a member. What's going on? Bruce, there he is. Again, thank you so very much. For that gift. Uh, near side Cyclops. What is up? Print screen. Hail to you. Liberty fella over on Rumble. What's going on, Liberty fella? Got the Rumble fam hanging out tonight. Liberty fella saying, Odin just saw Godzilla Minus One and really enjoyed it. The effects, music, story, and characters are amazing considering the budget. Considering the budget top 10 of films for 2023. I agree. It is absolutely in my top 10 and to be honest, I, I I think I could easily say it's going to be in my top five, top three. 
So not even in my top 10. I think top three is kind of where it's placed at this point. It's a movie where, and you know you enjoy a film when this is your reaction. Immediately I went to see if the uh, 4K Steelbook was, one, being made, and two, if it was on if it was on sale for pre-order. Because I was like, I know I'm going to buy it on physical media. I know I want to see a little bit more about the, the behind the scenes. And I, I, I want to be able to, to see it again because that, that is how much I, I just so thoroughly enjoyed it. Especially, as you mentioned, $15 million budget. I know there's some who think that it may have cost more, but if you're talking about a range of 15 to 25 million and that's what we get, and then you you look at some of the clips that they have released, and I didn't realize there are so much more CGI used in that movie than what I would have believed, right? A lot of what I saw I thought was practically done. But it turns out that a lot of their backgrounds, a lot of like the ships that they use were, were CG, and I couldn't even tell. That, that's how effective it was. And it obviously helps when you have a director who is not only directing and writing, but also has a background in, in visual effects. Because that means that, one, they know how to do it. Two, they know what looks good and what doesn't look good. And three, they can work on a budget. And, and he, he delivers, man. He honestly delivers. So absolutely agree. Scott McKenzie, I wonder what the Uber for that distance would be. <laughs> I don't know. Master of Gaming says, have you seen Lady Ballers, The Shift, and Silent Night? Um, so as I mentioned, I don't have a lot of time to see movies. I'm starting to get more time. Uh, by the way, shout out to Tomorrow Lad and Low Watermark and also Lou Cavadonna. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for those super chats. I will get to those in a second. But I just wanted to shout you all out now Well, I saw those on the screen. So thank you all. Uh, but anyway, I have not been able to see a whole lot of things because of that. Um, at least out in the theater. Have not seen The Shift. I've heard some good mixed things about it, so it's definitely on my radar. I, I hope to be able to watch it. Silent Night, I've heard mixed to bad. I don't really have any interest in seeing it. It sounds to me like a gimmick movie, and I know that people have been saying, but it's a John Woo movie. I, I don't care. I, I'm not a John Woo fanboy. That that doesn't mean much to me. Like it, you know, If you said it's a Tarantino movie, I'd be like, ooh, okay, I like Tarantino. I trust that guy. John Woo is like, isn't John Woo the guy that made the worst Mission Impossible film ever? Isn't that the same guy? The same guy who did Mission Impossible 2? Please correct me if I'm wrong on that one because I, I, I really just don't know John Woo. But if it's the same guy that made Mission Impossible 2, no thank you. It sounds to me, though, that it's just a gimmick movie. And that's all that it is. So, um, Lady Ballers, I, okay, so I did watch about, I think I got maybe 20, 30 minutes in. And it's not that I stopped watching it because I didn't want to continue on. It got late, and I was like, okay, um, maybe I'll pick it up tomorrow. And I just haven't gone back to it. I I don't think I for the first 20, 30 minutes, I didn't find it funny. Maybe I'm alone in this, but to me, the comedy was so on the nose. It's like, okay, well, of course you're gonna be making jokes about this and this and this and this. And it just wasn't delivered well, it just wasn't effectively written, it just wasn't very clever. I, I just, I find it very, I don't know, I find it very unoriginal in that way. It's original in the fact that there's not a, a lot of comedies that make those kinds of jokes and, and focus on that kind of content. But at the same time, it's like, I think some people are getting kind of caught up in the fact that it is talking about those taboo subjects. Um, but hey, if that's your kind of thing, if that's the kind of stuff that you find enjoyable, more power to you. I can say just watching the first, you know, beginning of the movie, uh, it, it wasn't grabbing me. I didn't find it to be that funny. Father Christopher Miller, ahoy! Father Miller. 
says, Ahoy, can't stay too long tonight as we have a kid's Christmas concert. Now, if I could only find my bottle of scotch. What are you trying to say, Father? You're trying to say that, that, the, that the children are not going to be uh, performing well? Saying that they're, they're not going to be singing well? Star Goose on Rumble. What's up, Star Goose? Welcome back. Roseberry13, what's up? Zacharot315, hail to you. Father, talking here about Angel Studios The Shift, says it was awesome. The sci-fi retelling of the Book of Job actually worked perfectly. Hey, to get the theological opinion of Father Miller on that film definitely raises that up in my uh, in my book. Definitely a film I am interested in finding out more about and possibly checking out. Scott McKenzie, good to hear about The Shift on my radar and want to see. Yeah. On my radar too, Prince Screen. Thoughts on the Bob Marley on uh, the Bob Marley One Love movie? Uh, all I remember about it was the girl from the Marvels cast slash Captain Marvel is in it, who played one of the Rambo's, and she's a terrible actress. Like honest, she is just awful. She she has the same exact tone in every role she does. When I saw her in it, I immediately checked out. I I don't personally I. I'm not a big Bob Marley fan in general. I don't hate the guy. I, I don't dislike his music. It's just not my thing. So I already have very little interest there. But then when she's in it, no. No, thank you. Scott McKenzie. Does he get to ride Mothra? We need more Roth, more Mothra and Rodin. Uh, Kicking Rumsky over on Rumble. What's up? Do you put up your Christmas tree on a specific day? Uh, so with our house, the way that we've been, we, the way that we've been doing it for the last few years, since we've started, you know, our own family traditions here is, is we tend to put it up the weekend after Thanksgiving. And that has more to do with just being practical versus it being done for, I think it was, it, it was mostly inspired by the fact that my wife and her family would usually put up around that time. And my family as well, when I was growing up would also do that too. Dude, low watermark is once again dropping, <laughs> dropping the memberships. Another five gifted memberships at the Army of Asgard level, brother. Low watermark. Thank you. Can't wait to get to those in the chat to be able to highlight them. Patrick DK <laughs> Godzilla wins. Uh, Orange Chat says, "Oh, Odin, I haven't watched anyone's reviews on it. It's it's Orange Chat. I get it, dude. But it's a Godzilla movie. If you've seen a Godzilla movie." I'm not saying what happens, right? I'm not going to tell you. I'm obviously, I think the only thing that you could honestly spoil about a Godzilla movie is the ending, right? So obviously I'm not going to talk about anything related to, to that specifically. But as far as like everything else in the movie, it's like, it's a Godzilla film. It's not really a spoiler to say that Godzilla shows up and he destroys things. I, you know, that that's pretty much any Godzilla movie. <laughs> oh man, oh man. Let's see, Vera Sci-Fi says, I plan on going to see Godzilla Minus One sometime this week. Hey, definitely go see it. I think that it's well worth your time. Scott McKenzie, is Marvel's the biggest bomb in history now? For the MCU, it is. Um, interestingly enough, it's not actually, at least based on the numbers we have available to us, it's not the biggest bomb of 2023. That still, to my knowledge, is being held by Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and specifically because Dial of Destiny's budget was reportedly upwards of $400 million. So even though I do think when we get the tax returns next year from the UK, I think we're going to find out that the Marvels cost more than the 275 that it originally cost. So remember, the reporting was that the Marvels cost 275 It got about a $50 million or so tax credit. 
And so the raw total for its cost, just budget-wise, was around 215 220 Something tells me that the raw total will be closer to $300 million. Even then, though, that doesn't get anywhere close to um, the cost of what Dial of Destiny cost, and that movie also did not make much of anything uh, in its box office. Kick 44, what is up? Hail to you. Let's see. Great Wuda. Thanks for the tag, brother. Let's see. Proto Topics, what's up? I, I 100% agree with this statement. Yes. The legendary movies look awful next to minus one. And I think that was the main point I was trying to get across with that initial tweet was that if this is what Godzilla could be, why the heck are we just putting up with this stuff over here? Like, even if you like the CGI fighting, I mean, at the very least, shouldn't we be saying more of this, please? Hey, how about you take the writer of Godzilla minus one and why don't you start to make him maybe the primary writer of those MonsterVerse films? Because if they can have, again, maybe a bit of both worlds, have it so that it's a, hey, you know what we're going to have? We're going to have the CGI fighting because some people like that. But then we're also going to have, at the very least, a somewhat decent story. I don't know. I don't feel like it's as controversial as some, as I said, there's some cult people that are taking it a little bit too far with that one. Low Watermark is, is on fire. My goodness, dude. Another five gifted memberships. Oh, my goodness. So that's now uh, 10 in just the last four minutes. So the most recent crop are uh, Tamara Davis, Bruce, Carnal, uh, Ambrose Chamberpot, Victor Fontaine. So congratulations on y'all's new Army of Asgard memberships. And then uh, the most recent one, we got Ricky Bobby, uh, Low Watermark, gifted to himself. I didn't know that you could do that. Miss Martin Muses, Lesser Logic, and Keck44. Congratulations, everybody. Low watermark. Spreading that Christmas cheer right now. Much love to you. Let's see. Tina Guzman, what's going on? Welcome back. And I believe that you're now a member as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's see. Ikthulu says, saw killers after drinker's recommendation, and now I need a shower to wash off the evil. Just couldn't stomach a sociopathic murderer as a protagonist. Yeah, I have not actually seen Drinker's review of it, but I know that it's now available uh, to rent on streaming and and obviously through other means. So it's on my radar now that it is going to be more, it's going to be, you know, we're going to be capable of actually watching it. Let's see. Uh, Hardwick says, in your opinion, what's up, Hardwick? In your opinion, does Godzilla Minus One feel like an attempt to whitewash Japan's war crimes and make Japan feel like an innocent victim of American aggression? No. I think, I think if you think that or if anyone else is saying that, they're reading way too much into it and have too much time on their hands. Forever Sci-Fi, got my Blu-ray of Babylon 5 today. Haven't heard if they updated anything for this release, but I've always wanted to upgrade Space Battles. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that. Uh, I didn't know that it was getting released today. I, know, I remember the pre-orders went live about a month or two ago. Um, I'm, I'm kind of waiting on that one because obviously I do like Babylon 5. I've not finished all of the series yet. Um, but... Even for $100, I think that's a pretty good deal. But I also know that with shows like that, it won't be long until it's down like $50. So I'm going to probably wait to get the series when it, it drops down a little bit. Michael Hill's member, what's up? Laura says, in a warrior-dominated society like Japan, almost all citizens are innocent. Hmm. Just Joe 47 what is going on? 
the uh, the Soska sisters. I actually don't really know them. Let us see. The master of gaming, Tanya said, do you think Godzilla Minus One will be number one this weekend due to word of mouth? I mean, I, I sure hope so. Um, I, I just, when it comes to that, it's always going to be tougher because as this past weekend showed us, this movie is, is, it's again, doing much better than expectations, but there is a limitation because American audiences, unfortunately, don't want to go see movies with subtitles or, or generally speaking, don't see them um, as often. So since that was brought up, and we've been talking about Godzilla now for uh, the last you know 30 plus minutes or so, so we've kind of gotten our Godzilla minus one talk, um, and that's pretty much all of the things that I was kind of going to talk about. Um, but obviously, I also want to talk about the box office too. So it came in the number three spot this weekend. Again, this is a Toho release Godzilla film, made 11.4 million dollars in its domestic debut. Originally, it was expected to do in the single digits, so. It didn't do an insane level higher than what was expected, but still, the fact that it was trending and is still trending upwards is definitely a good sign. It had an initial release in Japan getting up to $22 million. Now it's up to around 23 and so worldwide around $35 million for the budget of $15 million. It's getting very close and will likely cross its break-even point. Now, the initial question, though, that was asked was, do I think that it's going to get to the number one spot? Well, let's go ahead and just see what we have coming out this weekend, all right? So because we only have one wide release coming out this weekend, and I actually didn't know that that was the case, and that is the uh, the boy and the the heron. This is the brand new film from Miyazaki. Um, it's interesting. It's coming from from uh, actually no, G- distributed by G Kids actually makes more sense. Sorry, but the boy and the heron. This is the new Miyazaki film. Very excited to see this movie. Uh, this might actually be a film that it'd be like the first film that my wife and I watch in a theater in, in years now at this point, uh, because she's a big fan of Miyazaki movies as well. So I'm, we may, who knows, maybe we can make that work. Something tells me that because of just the fact that, you know, uh, baby Sif is just about two months old at this point, almost two and a half months. It, it's just a lot harder to, you know, kind of get those things handled. She's not really old enough yet to be able to have a babysitter, especially with family, not in, in kind of in our area. Um, but because of that being the case, yeah. Um, do I think that there's a chance? Sure. Um, I definitely think there's a chance, but as I said, one of the issues is that though it it makes a lot more sense for this movie to be making as much money as it is on the daily, right? Because a lot less people in general go to see movies, especially in, in more recent times during, you know, you know, as far as just during the regular everyday life. People are much more dedicated to going to see a movie that's a lot more limited, right? So Godzilla Minus One, there's that passionate fan base that's going to see it. It's still not crazy numbers during the week, though, right? So $531 per theater. It's been out for four days. It's in around 2,300 screens. So even not even the highest per theater ratio there, but still very strong, right? It's 59% drop from Sunday to Monday. That's definitely not bad. So uh, does it have the chance? Sure. I think word of mouth is helping it, but I do think that it could be limited. Now, it's not going to get a whole lot of competition from the boy and the heron because it's going to have a similar problem, right? It is Miyazaki, and I'm sure there's a lot of Studio Ghibli and, and Miyazaki fans out there that are going to want to support it. But something tells me that it, it probably would be along the same level of what we'll see or what we did see with Godzilla Minus One. Um, so, unfortunately, I, I would think, to be honest, it would not surprise me to see Hunger Games come out for the weekend on top. So don't be surprised if Godzilla Minus One continues to get the number one spot, you know, if not every day this week, then several days this week. But then once those Friday and Saturday, maybe it holds out on Friday, maybe it, but something about that Saturday, Sunday, 
that's where this past weekend, for instance, we saw things change. And so just to kind of give you all a little bit of a hindsight on that. So it was number three on Sunday. It was number three on Saturday. And then it was number two on Friday. So it actually beat Hunger Games on its first Friday. Now, it's because that had the, the Thursday preview. It included any of the Wednesday preview showings as well, in, in addition to the Friday. So having that obviously gives that, that, that slight advantage. But it did beat it, right? It was able to actually beat it on that Friday. The Thursday premiere also was able to beat out Hunger Games. And so that's why if you look at this, those individual numbers, right, it did hold its own against Hunger Games on its first Thursday, on its first Friday. But then as soon as the full weekend opened up, Hunger Games took back over. In fact, it even made more than the new AMC release, Renaissance, uh, by Beyonce, which is a film I have no desire to ever see, right? And then it did also take the win from Godzilla on that. So that's why it was a very strong third-place finish, and it's now gone back to that number one spot, but also not too much separating Godzilla and Hunger Games. So I could see them going back and forth throughout this week. Um, it would be awesome. I would love for it to make the number one spot, but even if it does, it's not going to be a massive release. Let's see. Orange at 725. Right on schedule, about 25, 30 minutes behind. Again, smash that like button, light up that fire button, obviously smash the rumble as well. And again, apologies for falling behind, but that's just the way it goes because I like to read the chats. I like to read the chats. So Orange Chat says, the main problem with G1 is that, or sorry, Godzilla minus one, is that Toho did a limited release in the States. They won't release to smaller screens. And again, I think that there's something to be said for that, but also because it is related, because it has been released on the larger screens, and we're still seeing these kinds of numbers, I, I think that, again, it's always hard to quantify how much more money you could possibly make if your number, if the number of your screens is there. It, it makes sense because, okay, if you have, if you expand your service area, right, of your release, logically, you're going to make more money. I think the question is, how much, right? Because if you look at that per theater ratio, that, that is very, very specific to what we have seen, right? Very, very specific to what we have seen, um, with uh, with just this specific weekend with this specific number. Just because it's at this number, though, does not mean that that per theater ratio would, would, would stay the exact same with more screens. In fact, that per theater ratio would go down quite a bit, I imagine. So it's, it's so hard to quantify that. 79 people watching on YouTube. Thank you all again. Smash that like button. Kimberly G says, I work for the Purple Shipping Company. My next day off is Christmas Day. Oh, Kimberly G... Well, hey, I will say, I think it would be a great film to watch on Christmas. Hardwick, the number one piece of music that belongs on any workout playlist is Basil uh, Peladoris' theme from Conan the Barbarian. Okay. Laura says, it looks like Godzilla leaves theaters here before this weekend. What? I hope that is just a mistake. It, again, wouldn't surprise me. It is Toho. It is an international release. Those don't always get the same treatment. They don't last nearly as long typically, but that would be interesting that it's leaving there. I'm surprised that they'll, they'll be cutting it from any theaters because it seems like it's doing pretty well. As I said, it's first Monday. It ended up beating hunger games and it's, it's obviously a film with a much small, with a much smaller uh, footprint. CJM seven, five, three. What is going on? Welcome. Mike Jackson, what is going on? Doo -doo 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 -doo. We got Mr. Roy in the chat. What's going on, Mr. Roy? Thanks for being here. 
Jeremy Zakowski tagged to say, I'm planning to see Godzilla Minus One for the third time later this week. It's definitely top five for Godzilla film for me. I'd be nominated for Raven Award. Oh, yeah. I, I think Godzilla Minus One will probably end up being that, that, that sleeper hit, right? As far as the Raven Awards are concerned, I, I could see it getting nominated for a lot of the categories. If you don't know what the Raven Awards are, stick around. Stick around and learn some. Because that will be starting up pretty soon. Still so many films I still need to watch, though. There it is. Low watermark. Thank you again earlier for those 10 gifted memberships at the Army of Asgard level. I know we're just getting started on shouting you out for those. Uh, let's see. Forever Sci-Fi. I've been watching a lot of anime lately, so I'm starting to pick up words here and there. Hopefully, it will help me follow along with Godzilla. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think I could ever uh, pick it up on that. <laughs> oh, man. Hose a taco. All right. <laughs> What's up, man? Um, I saw that you had said that you had unsubbed to me, but then resubbed because of my tweet. Did you unsub because I was harsh on the MonsterVerse? Because, I mean, just being honest with that one, minus one is, is fantastic. And I, I disagree. No, it's not family. It's not family friendly. But not family friendly, I mean, like, it's going to scare kids. It's going to absolutely scare kids. There are there are scenes in there and there are shots in this movie that are legitimately scary. And uh, shout out to Laura, because I know that we were talking about this on Discord, and she she shared one of the images, and it's the one of, of Godzilla behind one of the boats. And even just looking at that reminded me, like, oh, yeah, that was a moment in the film when I was like, oh, this is actually, <laughs> actually kind of scary. Um, so, yeah, when I say not family-friendly, what I mean is that, you know, one, American kids going to see a movie with subtitles is already not going to sell very well. All right, let's just, let's just be honest there. And two, right, even if it's the mindset of, well, they'll understand what's going on because they'll see what's on screen, right, as far as just the images and the fighting and things like that, yes, but then it's also going to be scary for a lot of kids. So, no, I would absolutely say it's not a family-friendly um, movie. It's not a R-rated film that, that you should never bring your kids to, but to say it's family-friendly, I, I don't think it's being genuine either. I stand by it. Keely Chow, who's a member now, is enjoying the emotes. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. Shen Hong over on Rumble says, I have to remember Toho originally took Godzilla into franchise territory. Monsterverse is just going in that direction. Original Godzilla is one is a one-off thriller. Okay, yeah. Okay, fair point. I think that's probably the best argument I've heard so far. Like, the one that just gets old, as I said, with all the impressions that the tweet got last week, the one that I just kept getting over and over again was, well, you know, the Toho is getting money from this, so they like it. Isn't it good that Godzilla's just getting money, right? And even the director said that he liked the monster. It's like, okay, that does not make it good. <laughs> and if the argument is, well, they get money no matter what, it's like, yes, but shouldn't we be giving more money to the far superior film? Yes. Go ahead and give money to both, please. Use your money how you want. I loved, how, I loved how I was being called a gatekeeper. It's like, I can't stop you from spending your money on this movie. If you like it, spend your money on it. I can't stop you. I think it's, for me, it's a waste of money. But for you, you might think it's worth it. All I'm trying to say is, I think, ultimately, we want more movies like Minus One. I think, objectively, we could sit back and say, okay, which is the best of these films as far as an entire film is concerned and not just certain aspects? Okay, Minus One kind of takes the cake. In a lot of ways. But. 
I think that what you say, Shen Hong, actually, to me, makes a lot more sense as far as an argument, right, with just saying the fact that Toho is the one that actually franchised it, so the MonsterVerse is just kind of, you know, following a very similar pattern with that, um, with the OG Godzilla itself being a one-off thriller. All right, uh, R.E.K. Thoughts, what is up? Let's see, Lou Capadonna, sorry you had to wait some some time, sorry I had to wait 30 minutes for this, man, uh, but again, I do, I do, uh, you know, try to read the chats and and try to give you know attention when I can. So Lee Capadonna, thank you very much for the two dollar super chat saying going to see minus one tonight. Thanks for the wreck. No problem, dude. Hope that you enjoy it. I hope that I did not uh, oversell it. Hope I did not oversell it. Lou, uh, sorry, Lou. Low watermark. There he is, the legend. Thank you for the one hundred dollar super chat. Dropping the hundy. Thank you, man. You're always so generous. Saying, for Christmas gifts for your family. Well, thank you, Low Watermark. Thank you. Though, I always... <laughs> to me, it's always that reminder, though, because it's like, well... I would love to use that for Christmas gifts. The issue is that the way YouTube works <laughs> is that that donation specifically, I wouldn't get until end of January. <laughs> because that's how YouTube works. Um... But I do appreciate it, low watermark, nonetheless. <laughs> oh man, tomorrow, lad, what's up, man? Thank you for the five dollars. That's a super chat saying, "Hey, Odin, have you seen Dream Scenario?" No, it is on my radar, though. Isn't that the new Nick Cage film? Could have sworn that's the new Nick Cage film. I know that it's one that I, when I saw the trailer for it, I thought, "Ooh, this could be good. This could be interesting." So yes, I, I hope to see it, but I've not seen it yet. Michael Burgett. At 7.33, welcome. Did I say, if you didn't know, the director of Shin Godzilla is the one behind the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion. Also did recently Shin Ultraman and Shin Kamen Rider. I did not know that. I've not seen or heard of his other projects, but there was one that a lot of people kept mentioning. It was it was another sci-fi film he did over the past few years. Might want to check that one out. Let's see. Great Wuda says, Godzilla fought Bambi in minus one. Oh, big spoiler. Bambi shows up, everybody. <laughs> Let's see. Victor Fontaine, I know that he is a member now, thanks to the little watermark, saying, Salty Nerd crew were split on uh, their out-of-the-theater review of Godzilla Minus One. Vader and Jude were all in and said it was great. Kadish and Alex said it was overhyped. I mean, that kind of makes sense to me. Like, Vader, let's just be frank. Vader, I love Vader. I love Matt Vader, I, if you're going to jump in randomly, I love you. But he, he's, a, he's a Godzilla simp, all right? That's the kindest way I can, I can say that. He is a Godzilla simp, all right? This is a dude that lives and breathes MonsterVerse films and also the others, you know, as well. But, uh... <laughs> so I can't be surprised by it. But also, I agree. I think that he's completely correct to say that the film is great. And uh, I'm glad that Mrs. Kadish, Jude, is is also in as well. Kadish in general, like, I'm honestly not surprised. If this movie, let's be honest, if this movie was not getting the kind of attention that it's getting right now... I think Kadish would have liked it. <laughs> you know that's how he is. Kadish is very much, I like the I like the more methodical, off-the-wall, but hidden gems. Whereas if it's the movies that everyone likes, then I gotta say something about it. I'm kidding, of course. I, I always take uh, Kadish's uh, criticisms uh, well. But also, it's just funny. I, 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 get it. I, I love the entire Salt and Nerd crew. Uh, but then when Alex says overhype, it's like, Alex has like some pretty bad movies too. So uh, <laughs> seriously, shout out to the Salty Nerd crew. Check out their videos. I can't wait to watch that uh, review that they had though. 
because I, I love when they do those reviews. I was pulling my hair out or if I had hair, I would have been pulling it out when they did the review of Seven Samurai because the whole time I'm like, okay, Kate is just actually right here. He's actually right. This movie is amazing. And uh, how dare anyone say anything critical of this film? <laughs> Shen Hong died to say Japanese does not pronounce L's. It's R. Okay, gotcha. But, um, Mm-mm-mm. okay. But I kept hearing L's though, Shen Hong. That was the thing. In, in at least Shin Godzilla, whenever they were saying Gojira, all I heard, it sounded like L's to me. But again, could just be me. Scott McKenzie says, whoever got the Babylon 5 Blu-ray, let us know if it's worth the upgrade. I have the DVDs. There you go. All right. Now that we know that someone does have it, yeah, please keep it updated if the quality looks better. Great Widow says, John Woo directed Mission Impossible 2. You are right about that. Another reason why I watched Godzilla instead. Boom. Okay. Thank you. All right. So now I, I very much stand by my initial take. I, I was pretty sure that it was the same guy. But yeah, I have no, because of that now I can say I have no desire to see Silent Night. I don't want to see anything else by John Woo. I'm sure that you'll say, well, there's a lot of other great things that he's done, maybe. But Mission Impossible 2 was terrible. I hate that movie. <laughs> the passion. Uh, I think Vader likes that one, actually. Um, I, I can't confirm that. I'm just, that's the kind of movie that Vader would like. If, if, I, if I hate it, then he must love it. Anyway. Shout out to Vader. I love him. Uh, let's see. Bruce, who's also now a member, says, John Woo also did a movie of the anime Appleseed, which I thought was pretty awesome. I own it. Okay. Maybe he does better with animes than anything else. Or, sorry, he did a movie of the anime. Okay, so it was like a live action. R.E.K. Thoughts says, Did you see the short film The Shift is a remake of By Chance? No, I did not. But as soon as I heard that it was a variation of the book of Job, that immediately caught my attention. When I was growing up, I actually had in, in my mind, I actually had a story that was connected also to the book of Job. Not anything what to, you know, based on the trailers, not anything close to what the, so I'm not saying like, they stole my idea. When I was a child, they stole my idea. Because mine was more of a, it was like a modern day but it wasn't a retelling of the story of the book of Job, which is what this film seems to be. It was more of a using the concept of God and Satan making this deal kind of right. Um, using that. And then it was very much inspired by, I say when I was a kid, it was like when I was a teenager, um, it was using elements of that. And then also bringing in elements kind of a Constantine too, where it's like, you've got angels influencing people to the good. And, and the whole premise of it was that there was this discovery that uh, basically was revealing what this prophecy would be, that there was going to be like this end battle. And what part of the film would be would be just a regular, these are people figuring things out, kind of like an Indiana Jones style where they're trying to find certain artifacts. But then at the end, there's this massive battle. And what happens is literally everyone gets ripped, souls ripped from bodies. And you're either wherever you were leaning towards, right? If you were leaning more towards evil or more towards good, that was the side you were on. So even if you, you know, are someone where you'd be like, I would never do the most terrible things ever. If you still, if your will was more united with the dark, then that's where you got pulled. And then it's just a big final battle. That was what I had in my head. I know that's nothing what the shift is like, but again, it made me think about it. Yes, uh, because this channel is monetized, Hosotako. 
Rob D. Uh, hello, Odin. I bought the Rocky collection on Blu-ray and watched Rocky 1 and 4 so far. We'll be watching the rest soon. So far, I like four better of the two I've seen. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I know I love Rocky 1. Rocky 2 is Rock, good. Rocky 3 is okay. Rocky 4 is phenomenal. I mean, there's just so many great moments in it. Rocky 5 is awful, but I will say I still enjoy it. I think it's silly. I think it's stupid. Uh, but it's one of those things where it's so stupid, it's fun. And then Rocky Balboa, I think, is is the best film um, of the franchise. But that's just me. Low Watermark, thank you again for those five OMB reviews. Memberships, appreciate that. Miss Mon Muse is hello to you. Master of Gaming Tense, say, what movie would you rather watch, The MonsterVerse or Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Whichever one is shorter, I'm going to be honest. Whichever one is shorter would be the one I would want to watch because to me, they're they're both equally bad. Ambrose Chamberpot, hey, congratulations on your new membership. Miss Mon Muses does Christmas Eve for her Christmas tree, and yeah, theologically, that's exactly where I am too. Um, I think as time goes on, I hope to be able to incorporate that. Right now, we're doing the Jesse tree. If anyone doesn't know what the Jesse tree is, it's a beautiful tradition. It dates back to like the 11th and 12th centuries, actually. And it's every day you are just reflecting on a different part of salvation history. So, anyway. Cthulhu says, you can spoil the human plot. Be careful. <laughs> I will say, I'm not going to spoil anything about it. But, let me try and speak cryptically. Because I'm not going to spoil it. Don't, don't, don't worry, okay? I want to be very careful with this, though. There seems to be something. There seems to be something on a neck. Did anyone else catch that? That's about as cryptic as I will be. All right? How's that for, for speaking in a non-spoilery way? Because now you have no idea what I'm talking about. Unless you've seen it and you're like, okay, I, I get what you're laying down. But did y'all see? Something to do with something on a neck. Let me know. Because that, to me, I thought kind of raised the, you know, to another level. Uh, Great Wuda. Godzilla killed Bambi at the end of Minus One. Oh my gosh, dude. Great Wuda. How is, how is anyone going to survive? How is anyone going to survive? Low watermark, the legend there. Everyone post in the chat. I want to see how much green there is, bro. So that's why you're going on. That's why you were going on your spree. That, now you're just making my job more difficult because members don't have to tag. So now I gotta be on the lookout for that. Liberty fella, tag to say I got free tickets from Angel Studios to see the uh, to see the thing that meant the shift. Um, it is a sci-fi uh, even drama with spiritual elements to it. I enjoy the human drama element. And the love of man for his... It, it... <laughs> All I see is for his we. I'm sure that was supposed to be something else. Uh, Liberty fell. <laughs> and uh, thank, thank you for letting me know. I see that. I saw that, I saw that you, uh, you corrected it down there. But I love it. Yes, Keck44. He destroys things. Rob D. You hear that the Marvels is basically done? Disney said they'll no longer be reporting its box office numbers. Yes, I did. And... That'll be like the last story that we talk about uh, tonight. Um, and uh, then we'll just end things in the chat because the chat is rocking tonight. And again, thank y'all for hanging out. YouTube chat still has 80 people watching. Y'all rock, dude. Dudes, dudes and dudettes. So yeah, here's the story from Variety. I just love this headline so, so very much. The Marvels ends box office run as lowest grossing MCU movie in history. Oh, did you say it? There's nothing heroic about the final box office performance of the Marvels. The superhero sequel is officially the lowest grossing installment in the history of the MCU. 
And that's without adjusting for inflation, y'all. After four weeks, only four weeks, on the big screen, the comic book tentpole is running out of steam with 80 million in total for the North American box office and 197 in total globally. There would typically be optimism that attendance could rebound over the busy holiday season, but Disney apparently does not expect that to be the case because it won't be reporting the film's weekend box office results any longer. So I guess that is the big thing, is it's specifically the weekend box office numbers, so that's why we did still get a, a daily report the other day. The studio wrote on Sunday in a note to the press, with the Marvel's box office now winding down, we will stop weekend reporting of international global grosses on this title, so that sounds to me like we might still be getting domestic. The film isn't leaving theaters just yet, and the $220 million-plus budgeted tentpole is expected to play through New Year's. However, this memo signals that the Marvels is not expected to generate notable coinage during the rest of December. Over the weekend, the movie tumbled to number 11, uh, to 11th place in the box office, with just $2.4 million in its fourth outing. The Marvels opened to $46 million domestically to land the worst debut in MCU history without adjusting for inflation. That's how bad it was, everybody. Ticket sales cratered 78%. To cement another ignominious record. So yeah, it had the lowest in history. It had the worst second weekend drop in history for the MCU. Th that, that again is how bad this is. And as it says, thank you, Variety, for actually mentioning this. Because I know Tony wouldn't mention this. Tony at Deadline would never talk about this, guys. With an early end to the actual run, the Marvel's 2008's Incredible Hulk was at $264 million, Not adjusted for inflation and is no longer the lowest grossing. So you heard everybody. So officially lowest grossing. We already knew that it was going to be that anyway. But just to confirm, it is still in theaters. They're not pulling it from theaters. But with that kind of report, I imagine when we do get the weekend numbers that we're going to probably get some report about it being pulled from like a thousand theaters or something like that. Wouldn't surprise me if it was a very large number because they have no confidence in it. They have zero confidence in this movie. The fact that they're already putting a memo like this out after four weeks of release when you're about to enter into a holiday frame, no less. That, that, that's just not standard. That's just not a, a typical thing for a massive studio like that to do unless things are as bad as we can clearly see them to actually be, right? And again, just to give this, this, this bit of framework, $80 million domestic. That is absolutely abysmal. And since the Hulk was being brought up, let's go ahead and do this live. We love doing things live here on OMB Reviews. Let's put up the Incredible Hulk, and let's go ahead and click this adjusted for inflation number. Just to give you some context. Incredible Hulk's numbers, when you adjust, 389. The Marvel's 196. So when we say that this is the worst, we honestly mean it, right? In like-for-like -like metrics, that is the difference between them. Incredible Hulk made about twice as much. In fact, even if you look at the overall domestic, it made over twice as much. And remember, the Marvels has a much wider international footprint than the Incredible Hulk did back in 2008. Remember how big the, the international market has become over the years, especially with the MCU. So that shows you just how bad it is. Also, look at these daily reports. There was not a single day that the Marvels beat the Incredible Hulk when you have the adjusted numbers. Now, it's even worse, right, when you keep into account that it only beat the Incredible Hulk when you don't adjust for inflation one day. 
And it only beat it by about 200,000. And again, that's unadjusted. That is how bad the Marvels did. And even then, there's just, again, the fact that the film, <laughs> you could say, had double the international. Wait, no, sorry. That was the uh, domestic. Uh, so it it barely eked out, or rather, you know, Incredible Hulk has just a little bit more internationally, as I said, with a lot less markets at hand. And then domestically, even unadjusted, it's almost twice as much. Oh, man. This is just, th- this is just beautiful. This is just juicy. Y- y- you love to see it, everybody. You love to see it. And also, I did want to shout out Critic List. Uh, enough taking joy in the fall of the Marvels and the MCU. Uh, but Critic List is an amazing site. It's a great free speech alternative to places like Rotten Tomatoes. And, and it's got a really awesome community. Very small, uh, but amazing community. And just to give you a context of this, so Godzilla Minus One right now on Critic List for the audience score, 16 people have voted. It's got a most excellent 87% rating. I like how they use a, a retro grading scale. Obviously, for me, I gave it a most excellent grade. I thought it was fantastic. And uh, again, terrifying stuff. Just very, very good. And just look at these scores. And the reason why I like this site is because you do have people that are going to give honest opinions and are not always going to be going along with everybody else, right? So that's why someone gave it a lower score there. So the lowest score that anyone has given it on this site has been a rad score. So, and there's some people on here that would give some pretty low scores to different movies. (laughs) So just to give you a a bit of a framework there, but go check it out. I have a full review, uh, obviously on the main channel, but also on, on my Criticalist account. Let's see, Rick and Bobby, what's up? Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member, says, but does Godzilla team up with Jet Jaguar to dropkick another monster? <sighs> no. No, I, I will spoil that. There, there is no dropkick. Um, <laughs> a-, a la the Jet Jaguar. Uh, Prince Green, Indiana Jones deserves to be the biggest bomb. I could not stand Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, and most people couldn't either, because it didn't make money. All right, let's see. Your average patriot nerd, hail to you. Thanks for being here. Bruce says, he? He? How do you know that? In the new non-Japan Godzilla movie coming out, their spine glows pink, not blue. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? And Bruce, if they ever decided to do that in the MonsterVerse movies, that would be essentially doing a Godzilla 98 move. Because remember, one of the big moves they did in that film was Godzilla... Oh, Godzilla's actually a girl, and Godzilla's, you know, got got her eggs. Um, obviously, no one really recognizes the 98 Godzilla film as being actual Godzilla film, but... Let's see. Jose Taco says, isn't Godzilla in theaters for less than two weeks? Then it's off theaters. Well, as I said, it's going to, at the very least, get two full, uh, two full weekends, I believe. Let me go ahead and see if I can check that. Because also remember that even though it might have originally been planned for that, sometimes when movies do better than expectations, deals can change, things can change over time. Um, so let me see. Of course, you know, the AMC Theaters website. I've noticed this recently. AMC Theaters website's been just... It's been trash for a long time, but it's been really, really slow. It's been even slower than usual. So let me see if I can look. Because here's the thing. Some people don't know this, that... Um, the tickets for the next weekend usually are not finished until sometimes Tuesday, but sometimes um, depending on the theater, it may not even be until the, the, the Wednesday after. So let me see 
Friday, Godzilla Minus One, still in theaters. So it will be out this weekend. So that would make it two full weekends there. And let's see. Yeah, because if you go far out in advance, the only film listed for Friday, December 15th is is Wonka, uh, for instance. Same thing also with the Thursday, the 14th, only is Wonka listed. And Godzilla Minus One is still in theaters as of Wednesday, December 13th. So something tells me because the film is doing as well as it is, do not be surprised if all of a sudden it gets an extended release. It gets out for so much more money. Sorry, it gets uh, released for, for that for X amount more days because that's how these things tend to work. Low Watermark did another five as well. Amazing. Uh, primeval Visual Sound, what is going on? Yep. Characters and story. Who would have thought? Who would have thought, you know? Orange says, I get it. Uh, that is not spoiling it. I am bummed that I have no way to see it. Closest showing is over 100 miles away. The vehicle is in the shop. Toho's mistake was a limited release. But you can't really blame them because they didn't think that it was going to make much. And here's the thing. It really isn't. Again, it's making more than expected. But put this up against the MonsterVerse films and it's night and day. I wish this film was making more. But the the again, the sad reality is, is that this says more about the American movie-going, uh, movie-going population than anything else. It's just it's a sad reality that when there is a movie that features subtitles, American audiences typically just don't want to go see it. You know, and uh, I think that's sad. I think that keeps a lot of people from seeing some really amazing cinema. Some of the best cinema is being made overseas, right? We we know how bad Hollywood has been. But if you've seen a lot of the things coming out of South Korea, oh my gosh, some of the best movies of the last 10 years have been coming out of South Korea. I, I think about Train to Busan as being a great example of that. Not just a good zombie film, a phenomenal movie. Like, on its in, in its own right, it's, it's a fantastic film. You don't expect to have amazing writing, amazing acting in a zombie movie, and yet it delivers on all fronts. I think that now you can throw Godzilla Minus One into the mix of that too, as just being the best Godzilla film that we've gotten in the modern era by far and just a darn good film to boot. So I really hope that there is a cultural shift. I really hope more and more people open up to, uh, you know, to, to seeing films like this because I, I personally want, want more. And if, if more people go, and maybe this is a good sign of that because it's doing better than expect expectations, maybe in the future orange chat, you won't have that issue, right? Because maybe in the future, they'll say, oh, remember that this one actually did a lot better? Okay, now maybe we can have a little bit more confidence in the audience showing up, you know, in a higher number for this next one. Hopefully. Low Watermark says, anyone who does not have a membership, please post. Dang, Low Watermark. Is that how you determined your, your numbers there? That was very impressive. <laughs> oh, man. Tina Guzman is now a member. Low watermark. Anyone not a member? It's funny, as I said, because so many people were made members who are are lurkers, and that always it always made me happy to see that because it means oh, these are people that are watching probably even every single week, and I just I don't even ever know I don't ever know because they they are just quiet about it. I appreciate it. All right, it's eight twenty two in real life. It's seven forty six in the chat, so still about thirty minutes behind. So again, appreciate y'all hanging out. 
Uh, Luke Abadonna tried to say, what year will we start seeing a majority of films without messaging and some actually geared towards men? Um, well, hard to say, man. Really, really hard to say. Um, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon because remember, a lot of the films that are going to be coming out over the next few years have been in production for many years, especially with all these films getting pushed back. So I, I, I don't, because unfortunately the people running these studios now are, are just, are, are mostly activists, right? They are mostly activists. Uh, Abomination, I see you hanging out over on Odyssey. Um, I don't know if it's just that the chat has not shown up or if I have not gotten to that in the chat yet. But Abomination, thank you for hanging out over on Odyssey, uh, saying, Odin on a neck. They saw that episode of Star Trek TNG where Data kept seeing weird anomalies, and one of the anomalies was on LaForge's neck. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we can make a Star Trek reference, I guess. Um... Anyway, thank you for hanging out over there, man. Hopefully, I see your your comment in the actual uh, chat window. It was weird. I had that I had an issue like that back with Rumble. I don't know why it it just randomly does that. Low watermark politics is not good. Yeah, not good in movies, and luckily we don't have that in that. Lazaro says never thought that during the movie or after. I don't know what your. That's one of the issues when you have. Uh, People with memberships where they're, where they're chatting and they're not tagging other people. <laughs> Let's see. Michael Burgett, The Boy and the Heron as a Miyazaki film could be number one. It could be. But as I said, I think the, the I guess the, my, the primary difference is that it's a lot easier to dub an anime than it is to dub a live action. So you might therefore have a wider reach simply because you'll have several showings with the subtitles, several showings with the dubs. And there are fans of anime that are on Team Sub and on Team Dub. Most, I would say, especially hardcore fans, are on Team Sub, but there are definitely others that are not. Uh, Kikan Rumshki says, have you accepted that Battle, uh, Babylon 5 is greater than the DS9 yet? Um, no, I, I would disagree with that still, but I also haven't finished Babylon 5. I think that they're, they're different enough. Low Watermark was really hounding people for, for memberships so that he could give more. More! Hardwick. In your opinion, how close does Godzilla Minus One come to the original 54 movie in terms of quality? It's it's right. I mean, and Harwick, I think you know this, man, because it's so hard to say that the quality of a 1954 movie is comparable to that of a 2023 movie. Standards were very different. Uh, visual effects were very different. So in my opinion, I would say Godzilla Minus One looks better. But that's just, that's again, using a very dated metric. Um, because movies were just made differently back then. So, in my opinion, I, 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 I prefer Godzilla Minus One. I'm not saying that it's a better movie. But in my mind, I think that it's, it is unfair to compare the two. Victor Fontaine, who's a member, says, Yeah, I can still watch Babylon 5 on Tubi for free. So we'll hold off on the Blu-ray purchase until a price drop. Yeah, I'm... I'm the same way. I, I obviously had access to it before, and I use the PlayOn. If you've never used PlayOn, it's basically a DVR for your streaming services, and so I have those already on my server. Let's see. Shen Hong says, Battle 5 was great, and then it wasn't. It became obvious they were being canceled and forced to cut up story. So many great pi- uh, plot lines got abandoned. Yeah, right now I'm still in Season 4, which I've been told is a very good season, and I've heard Season 5 just kind of goes off the rails a bit, uh, which obviously I'm sad about. 
Cthulhu. The Boy and the Heron looks like a good story, but the animation looks really dated, like it was made in the 80s. And so, talking again about what, you know, kind of Harwick's point was earlier, I actually would disagree here. And the reason why is because I actually think that it looks fantastic because, yes, it has that hand-drawn style animation, obviously. So, if you say that that is what makes it dated, but it looks beautiful. Right, an animated movie has never looked better because of the technology that we now have, especially the ability to to showcase films at their highest quality. Right, so I actually disagree. I think that it looks fantastic. Um, I love I love the hand drawn animation. I I prefer that to anything that's the three D animation. That's why I can still go back and watch a movie like Aladdin. I can watch a movie like Hunchback of Notre Dame. I can watch any of these movies from the 90s, 90s Disney peak animation, and, and just love it. And then, of course, there's the very interesting kind of hybrid, in a certain respect, of uh, Treasure Planet, which is another great one. The Beast 808, welcome. Hardwick, have you seen the trailer for the upcoming Kong and Godzilla movie? Godzilla is looking fabulous and pink. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciated you added that uh, there. Oh yeah, I've seen it, and my immediate reaction, I posted on social media, I, my immediate reaction was, okay, great, another CGI fest. Because that's all that it was. Okay, CGI fest, and I can already tell the, the human story is probably going to be annoying, because it's been annoying in every single film. The only MonsterVerse movie that was bearable uh, from, from both CGI perspective and from the story was Godzilla 2014. That was the only one that I enjoy. That's the only film that I would actually go back and rewatch from the Monsters. All the other ones have been CGI fest, garbly gook with garbage storylines. And, and this one just looks like more of the exact same. Guy Incognito, welcome. Uh, Hosezako, apologies for the misunderstanding. That is awful. Sorry that that happened to you. Screw YouTube and apologies for the misunderstanding. Naptown Nerd, welcome. Let's see. Cthulhu, I appreciate this thing. Can we nominate Low Watermark for Subscriber of the Year? That would be an amusing award. Yeah, I mean, I do like the categories that I currently have for the Ravens. I don't really want to add more. I think that we already have a lot. I know that we can definitely... So one of the first things that we do every year is we say, okay, do we like the nomination categories? If we wanted to change any, would we change any? And if there is a huge movement, typically there's not because most people don't participate in that part of it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to get those things done soon because that actually will be the first one is, hey, do we want to change any categories? King and Rumsky just said, agreed. Unnoxed, what's going on? Unks known? Yeah, uh, Jose Taco, I finally figured that out, man. Again, yeah, sorry that that happened to you. Andrew Hayes, what's going on, brother? Been a long time. Howard says, what do you think of uh, KOF Peter Jackson's King Kong? Um, I also I also didn't like that one either because, as I said before, CGI Fest. And I, I again, understand that the technology that he developed for the movie was, was revolutionary. Okay, I can respect that. It's just like I can respect the fact that James Cameron developed amazing technology for Avatar. Doesn't change the fact that it's CGI Fest. I think that most people would still agree that that Peter Jackson's King Kong is only good in part. 
that that it gets to a certain point where the film just becomes bad. So, uh, Jacobite Wiseman, would you review Super Sentai? I don't know that. Victor Fontaine, yeah, Beyonce is taking all the IMAX theaters at my AMC 20. That is stupid. <laughs> and I think Victor Fontaine, that's also speaking to my point, right? There are enough people who will go see Beyonce in concert, a film concert in an IMAX screen, but there really aren't nearly as many, unfortunately, that would go see a the best Godzilla film that we've ever had in, in recent memory. Master of Gaming says uh, Disney might lose $750-$100.2 billion this year thanks to the Marvels, Indiana Jones, and the Doll of Destiny. Yep. Uh, there is definitely a lot on the table. Because here's the other thing, right? I think from theatrical, it's around $750. I think that's the number that Valiant Renegade has, has pointed out. But then when you expand that out to how much they've cost or, or rather how much they've spent on their Disney Plus shows... And just how little return on investment you get, it's definitely going to be around a billion, if not more. Andreas, haven't been to the movie theaters in months. Anything good coming out for Christmas? Um, there's something great out right now. And it's called Godzilla Minus One. Go see it on the biggest screen possible. All right. Let us see. Yeah, Victor Fontaine. Agreed. That is Kadish. Yes, yes. That's how far behind I am in the chat. I remember when I was. <laughs> Laura says, oh, I saw Dream Scenario. Interesting role for KHB+. Okay. For people that don't know, Laura, the modern major general of the channel, uh, I, I trust her a lot with her, with her movie takes. She was the one that kind of gave me a bit of a, a preemptive warning about a film this year, in fact. She's done that every year, or it seems like she's done that every year. Um, uh, but uh, she gave me a warning about Dumb Money. And you all know, I was so hyped for that film. I finally got to see it, and I I don't like it. Uh, Paul freaking Dano is amazing in the movie. The movie itself, though, I I couldn't stand it. The music choices were awful. Um, they tried making it into something that it wasn't. Right? They best you could tell that they were like, okay, these people have seen the Big Short, and they have uh, they've seen the Big Short, they've seen Wolf of Wall Street, and they tried to make it like a variation of that, but for the whole GameStop stock situation. And it just didn't work. It felt like very. it was very derivative. And then the choices they made of characters to focus on, it was like, okay, you just ticked off every single box of, okay, we got to focus on this gay couple. We got to focus on people of different racial backgrounds. And it was like, okay, this this is no longer a movie a movie really about the GameStop. It's, it's more of a political football that you've then derived most of your main talking points from other far superior movies. Um, so I very much uh, support and very much respect and trust the opinion of Laura on most things. Uh, I, I look forward to w reading your review of the film on Criticlist. Follow her on Criticlist. Rob D. I'm curious how Doom Part 2 would have done had Warner Brothers not moved the release date. Yeah, I mean, a lot of us are, and I've always been of the mindset where I, I like the first Dune movie, but that film was not a huge hit. Dune itself is not a massive IP. There's a fan base of the property. There are a lot of people that prefer the original to this one. There's some that prefer the new one to, to the old one. For me, I'm not a big fan of the old one. I've always been very clear about that. Don't like the original. Um, I, I also just don't like David Lynch. I just don't think he's a talented director. That's heresy in the minds of some people, but I'm sorry. The dude is just known for being weird, and I don't think weird by itself is good. Um, so I, I do like Denis Villeneuve, and I like his vision for the first one. 
I, I have my criticism of the film. I think that it ended at a terrible spot. I think it was a terrible uh, place to, to, to end the story. I think that they, they should have kept it all as one story instead, or at the very least chose a better stopping point. Um, I don't think, though, it's going to make as much money as some people might suspect. I could see it doing the four to six hundred million worldwide tops. Basically, either matching what it did in the original or maybe building on it a little bit. Because it did get a lot of positive reactions after the fact. See, Naptown Nerd. Sometimes the R's can seem to have an L sound when spoken, but that particular sound is difficult for native Japanese speakers because there isn't an L in Japanese language. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Hyperin says, What's up, Hyperin? What's up, brother? Hello, Odin. Hope you and the fam are well. Absolutely loved Godzilla Minus One. I really wish this movie was aside Oppenheimer in the same month. Uh, Gojiheimer would have been greater than Barbenheimer. Sadly, I don't think it would have done. Um, it would not have been a similar response. Now, no, because, yeah, I would actually say no. If Godzilla minus one had come at the same time as as a Barbie, and you know, would it have had the same run? I would still say no, again, because of that restriction on just audiences not wanting to see films with subtitles, at least in the United States. All right, we're getting close to the end of the show, people. So... Please slow down on your comments. Rob D at 806 says, Warner's decision-making has just been absolutely terrible in recent years. This is very true. Laura says, Someone mentioned that the boat crew in Godzilla reminded them of Jaws, one nerd, one tough guy, and one average Joe. I think it's a good comparison. Haru says, Gorjira is a combination of the Japanese words for gorilla and whale. Interesting. Clint Stott says, Have you seen a show on Apple called C? It got, uh, it's got Jason Momoa, and it's at least as good as Game of Thrones in its heyday. I remember seeing the promos for it, and it did not look like anything close to what you were describing. In fact, you're the first person that's even mentioned that <laughs> comparison. Uh, print screen. I must admit, I enjoy Mission Impossible 2. It's an objectively terrible but fun guilty pleasure movie. And print screen, I fully respect that position. And, and that's, to me, the only correct one when it comes to that film. You have to acknowledge it's terrible because it is objectively bad. But if you enjoy it, hey... That's your subjective view. That's your subjective opinion. And no one could take that away from you. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, Naptown Nerd says, so, okay, okay, okay. So, that is a fair point. When I think of MonsterVerse, though, I don't really think of Godzilla 2014. To me, that movie is in a level of its own compared to any of the other MonsterVerse films. I know it's technically a part of that universe, but that movie, to me, yeah. If you're if you're saying 2014 Godzilla versus Monster, uh, uh, sorry, Multiverse of Madness, oh yeah, hands down, I'm watching Godzilla 2014 every single day. But anything else in the Monsterverse, hell no. Like again, whichever one's shorter uh, would be the one that I would go with. Includes says Godzilla had the baseball diamond around his neck. The Muppet scene was hilarious. Uh, there's Abomination. Okay, you are showing up. Good to see it. <laughs> I also love my... Yes, the Nintendo Wii. That's what I thought about. Wii would like to play. Harwick, the original short film version of The Shift is available for free on YouTube. Nice. Amazing Baking Soda. Making the Marvel was a brilliant idea. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Hyperin loved how they handled the human storyline in Minus One as well. Even without Dr. Sherwazawa, I thought the new doc was just as great. Do you think that the old... 
school man in suit will return one day. I doubt it as far as it on a mainstream level. Amazing Boogie Soda. Making the Marvels. Yes. Okay. Don't repeat it. <laughs> uh, I hate repeating myself. Harwick. Now that I think about it, a Hulk versus Godzilla movie would make more sense than a Kong versus Godzilla movie. They're even both radiation powered. It's a fair point. As long as it's made by the guy that did minus one. Uh, Rob D says, I can imagine the Marvels being dumped to Disney Plus with no 4K Blu-ray release. They claim physical media as a whole is dying. They do, but they also still they are still putting movies out on physical media. So I, I do think that they will. But remember, when when the original Captain Marvel film came out, it was being easily beaten by Alita Battle Angel. Y'all remember I, I covered that one extensively, right? You could not find the Alita Battle Angel 4K Steelbook. You had a plethora of copies of Captain Marvel because no one wanted it. No, no one wanted to buy it after the fact. Let's see. Shen Hong says, Best Babylon 5 episode, Neil Gaiman's Day of the Dead. I didn't know he did one. Best Gaming, what is your thoughts? Uh, what is a film you thought was pushing right-wing politics? Most movies are coming from a Hollywood studio, and so therefore, mainstream movies, there really aren't any that push right-wing politics. You could argue that there is, in the case of more recent films, like, for instance, Lady Ballers, but there's a lot of things in there that might be described as right-wing, but are just actually common sense. Master Gaming, also, have you not asked me this question, like, a thousand times? There might be a reason why I haven't responded. <laughs> uh, Mike Jackson, I sure believe that story and acting is what makes a great movie. Story is the most important thing, Mike Jackson. If you don't have a good story, you can't have a good movie. There are films that have no money, shows even, that had no money. Uh, I think a great example of this is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you look at the original episode, especially that pilot, it looks awful. Like, the quality of it is not good. But because the characters and the story that was written were so uh, palpable... It led that show to the success that it inevitably ended up having. So yeah, if you don't have a good story, you don't have a good movie. And that's why when people say, I just want to mindlessly throw popcorn in my mouth and watch a movie. Okay, subjectively, I understand that there might be people that want to do that. But when you then try to argue that that makes a movie good, good is a, good is a word used to describe the quality of a film and not the experience that you have with a film. So when you say a movie is good when all that it was was fun, there is a separation. Again, it's the subjective versus the objective. See, Hyper, do you have a favorite Godzilla period? Showa period, uh, Hezai period, uh, Millennium period, Minus Millennium, that one movie, GMK, uh, where Ghidorah is good and Goji is evil. So I think I mentioned this before. My, my knowledge of Godzilla, my experience with Godzilla was when I was younger, I watched them all the time whenever they were on TV. But I never followed what the names of it was. I, I just, when it was Godzilla fighting something, I was like, oh, this looks fun. Right? Um, and, and never thinking that, like, oh, this is so good. That's why in my older years, when I became much more aware of, like, film film quality and, and other things like that, I never really went back to them. I, if I would probably have fun with them for nostalgia, but that's about it. So the original 54 Godzilla, though, I think is is... Up until minus one, probably the best. And then uh, Godzilla, Godzilla 2014, I think, is also in that mix. Shen Hong says, film as an art form is still alive in Japan and Korea. Oh, absolutely. Heartbreak Rage is a member. I can lurk and be a member. There you go. There you go. 
Again, we are wrapping things up, though. Hardwick Godzilla had scales on his neck. Not the reference I was making, but... Uh, Bruce, that, uh, that is Ghibli-style animation. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And that's why it looks... Mwah, it looks beautiful. Hardwick says, In my opinion, the biggest problem with Peter Jackson's King Kong is that it changed the characters too much. The visuals are mostly amazing, but I can't stand how Denim and Driscoll are portrayed. Yeah, and for me... Uh, I just, CGI Fest films, I just do not, just do not like. Jacob Wiseman says, Super Sentai is what Power Rangers is derived from. Oh, okay, gotcha. Probably, I would say probably not. Probably not. Heartbreak Ridge, I know it's been a while, but do you have any updated thoughts on the sub-Saharans? <laughs> Heartbreak Ridge, you broke me, man. Do you have any thoughts on the sub-Saharan slave trade? God bless you and see you on FNT. <laughs> oh, man. That's a deep cut, man. That's a deep cut. You you have to be like a hardcore member who has been a member of the channel for... Uh, has been a subscriber of the channel watching these streams for for at least a, like a couple years to get that one. <laughs> I want to say that may have only happened within the past year. Uh, I love ex I love describing this story though because it always makes me laugh. Some random dude just comes into the chat and starts randomly asking questions that have nothing to do with the topic at hand, and he was super serious about it. And one of them was, "What are your thoughts about the sub-Saharan slave trade?" <laughs> I was just like, "What?" And now every now and then someone brings it back up, and it always makes me laugh. I like how it naturally also has time between it. Uh, Mac, what's up, brother? Mac, are you the same Mac on Twitter? You can say Mac on Twitter. Uh, thank you very much for the $2 super chat saying another foreign film animal is doing very well. Yeah, I saw that that was listed in the, uh, the box office numbers. That film, uh, had the highest per theater ratio there. And isn't that another, see, that's again, something where I, I liked RRR, but is this another one of those Bollywood films? The, the the poster looks exactly like a typical Bollywood release. That that's why I I ask. So that is for Animal. So again, I liked RRR, but it it's it's always a harder sell for me. I just never really drawn to those. Harvey Ridge says if they're putting Disney Plus shows on physical media, they will put out the Marvels. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, will Riker ninety four? What is going on? And I think that is us caught up with the chat. So. Hey, 845, that's about where I wanted to stop the show. So thank you all, all very much for watching tonight. This has been a ton of fun. Talked a lot about Godzilla. Talked about the Marvel's box office also. And uh, this has been fun. You all know I, I just I love this. Um, I love always being able to, to hang out with you guys and to have these conversations. And I know that it's, you know, I, I, I oftentimes miss the fact that, you know, we used to do, and I used to be able to do the, the two uh, streams a week. Um, obviously, that's just not something I can do anymore, um, at least at this point, because of of Baby Sif. But we're all doing well, right? Baby Thor is doing well. Baby Sif is doing well. Uh, the Lady Freya, of course, also doing well. And so I'm happy now that uh, Baby Sif is starting to get into a more regular sleep schedule. Uh, being able to sleep through the night is a big thing, too. Hopefully, this means I'll have more time to watch more movies, to do more reviews, because uh, I feel like I've been a lot more limited where it's, okay, I can do a box office preview and a breakdown, sometimes not at the time I hope, and maybe the occasional movie review. I hope to do a lot more uh, movie reviews in the future and, of course, continue to do the box office coverage as well. So, uh, seriously, though, thank you all. Mac, thank you for the super chat. Low watermark, seriously, you're the MVP tonight. 
Thank you for gifting all those memberships. That That's just phenomenal, dude. And for any new members, check out the uh, membership tab on the channel to get access to exclusive videos. Um, again, I hope to be able to post more soon. By the way, uh, for those who are the Keep of the Bifrost level and above who won the recent physical media giveaway, I do have those here. I've been waiting for uh, the funds to come in, though, to get shipping so that I can send these out to y'all. So that will be happening this week. So seriously, thank y'all. Tomorrow, lad, thank you for your super chat as well. Lou Cabadonna, thank you also for uh, for your super chat. And again, low watermark, legend. But seriously, everyone, if you watch the stream tonight, if you were lurking, active in the chat, whatever it might be, seriously, bottom of my heart, time, as you all know, as you know, I know, is the most precious gift anyone can ever give. So seriously, you guys are awesome. So let's say goodbye to people. We got Scott McKenzie. Thank you again for being here. Print Screen as well. Cthulhu, Gmonkey76, Will Riker94, Hyperin X13, uh, Forever Sci-Fi. Carl, what's up, Carl? Howdy, man. Mac, thank you, dude. Again. Anyway, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I did get a chance to do the December shout-out video. It has the same verbal shout-outs, though. I didn't get any updates on channels, so that should still be the same. I have no idea if I even mentioned the month of November in that, uh, but I did update it with the uh, December memberships. Now I need to go back in and re-update that, though, because of all the new members, uh, thanks to Low Watermark. So I hope to get that as soon as I can. Anyway, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I'm going to go get some ice cream because my voice is tired. You guys are awesome. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. Go see Godzilla Minus One. Go do it. It's well worth your time, well worth your money. And as always, God bless.